You're listening to the Rob Review Podcast. Evan Rob and Laura Rob share their thoughts and opinions on teaching, learning, and leadership. And now, the Rob Review Podcast with Evan and Laura. This is Evan Rob, and I'm joined today with Laura Rob. This is the Rob Review Podcast. Welcome, Laura. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, Evan. I know that you are excited about our topic today. Our topic is called a reading teacher's toolkit. Well, you know, Evan, I always say favorite, but this is one of the most important topics about reading. Okay, so we've hit many, many podcasts where it's been a favorite. So now we're one level up and we're in the most important zone. So that sounds exciting. I mean, and actually it is because we're going to be talking about elements that need to exist in language arts classrooms to make learning more effective for children and also to, again, something that you talk about a lot, to bring back the profession of being a language arts teacher. Absolutely, and not relying on a program uh, or a basal. So, Laura, there are three elements that, that we're going to be talking about today, and I want to just review the three elements. I'm going to let you just dive into each one a little bit deep deeper. The three elements are an interactive read aloud with an anchor text and anchor charts to document learning, number two, instructional reading, and number three, independent reading. So those are the three elements that we are saying need to be a part of any and all language arts classrooms. Absolutely. K through 12, Evan. Uh, And the interactive read aloud is extremely important because it's the instructional piece and it's a common text. If you truly are going to meet every child where they are in a language arts class, then they're not all going to be reading the same book. So if they're not reading the same book, you organize instruction around a genre or a theme, and you read aloud mirrors that. Yeah, I think that's great. And, you know, and I've talked before that, you know, of course, my language arts experiences were a lot of read aloud. In fact, I didn't do any reading. The teachers just read aloud to me. And I think we want to be very clear up front that read aloud absolutely has a purpose within a language arts classroom. But what you're talking about today here is balance. You're not talking about doing one thing all the time, but actually integrating three or at least two of these three at each and every language arts class. Actually, you should be integrating all three, which again uh, sets the bar high for the amount of time that a teacher has. It would be difficult to do all three in a 42-minute period, but absolutely easy in a 60-minute period. Okay, so Laura, let me review again. We're talking about interactive read-alouds, instructional reading, and independent reading. So those are three elements, and now I'm going to have you talk a little bit about instructional reading, but also if you can clarify for me that you're not talking about um, interactive read-alouds that have nothing to do with the instructional reading. I'm guessing you're talking about all these elements intertwining together. Absolutely. They, they're they all um, kind of relate to each other and link to each other. So if you organize your unit, let's say around a genre, and you know what skills you want to teach, let's say you want to teach compare contrast, and you want to always work on making inferences or uh, understanding how characters change. These are very basic ideas. So those are the things you're going to teach and model with the interactive read aloud. I like them to be picture books, but they could also be an excerpt or um, a a fairy tale or a myth or short, short story. The the interactive read aloud uh, should take no more than five days to go through, and you're 
your interactive part is you are working together with the students. They're practicing. You model, you invite them to practice. You model, they practice, and you record their answers on the anchor chart. So that chart becomes a resource that they can refer to when you ask them to make inferences or to show how a character changed. They go back to that chart to see what they did with your support and they apply it to their own instructional text. Okay, is there anything else? Let's talk a little bit more about the instructional reading part of the classroom and how, because that is the bulk, I'm guessing, of the language arts classroom, and what does that look like? Okay, well, the interactive read aloud, max 15 minutes. I, I think it can be done in 10 to 12 minutes most days. Uh, the instructional reading uh, in elementary school, in, in K through 4 or 5, usually is organized around guided reading or strategic reading groups where we're grouping kids um, for a common, that, that have a common instructional level or that need practice with a specific strategy. But you might have three groups going or four and they're all reading different texts, which it, so you see the need for that common text. Once kids reach middle school, I like everybody, it's kind of a workshop model, to read an instructional book at their instructional level. Everyone's reading a different book and partners work together to discuss that book. Yeah, I guess it's a, um, it would be an incorrect presumption to believe that when kids are in middle school that they should all be reading the same novel within a classroom. Well, because they're all not reading it, they can't. Not, you know, the middle school that I work in, I see a spread. Uh, of kids reading in fifth or sixth grade from a first grade level to a seventh or eighth grade level and everything in between. It's impossible to find one book, one text uh, to meet their needs. So we have everybody where they are and the partnership should be no more than a year apart. So students have something to contribute to each other. You know, and I, I want to pause on that for a moment because it really is very profound. You know, I've seen a lot of things over my career from, you know, the literature book where everyone read the short stories on a particular page to the class novel where teachers would would designate and at times argue for particular novels to be at a, at a certain grade level. And of course, the inherent flaw with both of those is they are based off a presumption that everyone can read at the exact same level, and it's just simply not the case. What you're advocating for in the instructional component is genre-based instruction that focuses on particular skills and strategies that are modeled from the interactive read-aloud. Absolutely. The other part of instructional reading is writing about reading, but it's not long essays. It's, it's jots about a character or the emotion you're feeling when you've read this particular chapter. And it starts with the interactive read-aloud. You can do the writing there, and the teacher shows the kids how they write about their emotional reaction, or they write about how they made an inference, what details they used. Um, so again, we're always giving kids models that they can refer to, and very, very important. If, you know, when the kind of reading you just described, Evan, where everybody is in the same novel or uh, the same program, what happens is the teacher starts making accommodations like reading the book aloud or letting a child listen to the books on tape. The bottom line is they're not reading. And if they're not reading, they go backwards. Yeah, I've experienced a little bit of that before, as, as you well know, Laura. You know, the other thing, and we'll probably talk about this in another podcast, but I appreciate you noting how writing and reading can blend together. And during the instructional reading part of a class is a really good time for that to happen. Sometimes people get caught up in compartmentalizing and say, okay, this is the reading time and this is the writing time. 
and uh, you know there are absolutely ways that they can blend. Absolutely, and you know it doesn't matter if you uh, if you're doing guided reading. I have teachers modeling with each guided reading group. How do you write a summary of a book? Uh, how do you take notes if it's informational or if it's fictional or biography? Uh, you, we use the anchor text to show. Uh, how, what kinds of notes and jots? You know, the reading is the the um, the research is very compelling, Evan. If students write informally about books they can and have read on their own, their comprehension of that book goes up twenty four percentile points. You can't argue with that. No, that's fantastic. So, Laura, let me let me recap a little bit, and let's lead us into the third component. So, remember, we're talking about three basic elements, three basic tools uh, that we recommend are part of every language arts classroom from elementary through high school. Interactive read-alouds, instructional reading, and independent reading. So let's talk a little bit about independent reading, um, what it looks like within a school, and also the one thing that I want to say, and I've said this before on our podcast, is principals will absolutely extinguish the fire uh, for independent reading if they communicate to teachers that when they walk by a classroom and see kids reading independently that there's no instruction going on. Absolutely. That mindset has to change because uh, independent reading uh, is the time when students are practicing with books that are easy. I, I like them to be 100% accuracy so that they're not struggling with decoding or figuring out the word, meanings of words, but they're actually enjoying books. You know, think of the book, kind of book you like to read at the beach uh, or on the weekend. You're not going to read a book that you uh, have to struggle through. You want to have a good time. Um, we also know from research that the amount of independent reading students do has everything to do with their achievement and their becoming lifelong readers uh, who turn to reading as, a, as, as an enjoy, enjoying and pleasant uh, activity. For me, that's the goal, to get them to be uh, an ongoing lifelong reader, but the progress they make is wonderful. The more they read, the better the vocabulary, um, the better uh, the writers they become because they start looking at their reading from a writer's perspective, and the more they learn about life in the world. Now, Laura, you know, I've asked you this before, but um, an outgrowth of this independent reading, reading shouldn't be a big display in the school's gallery of dioramas, right? <laughs> Absolutely not. You know something? The only thing I would ask kids to do with uh, independent reading is sometimes they like to do elevator talks, that 60-second uh, mm -hmm. talk to sell somebody their book, uh, and they make appointments in class so that uh, you know you could have two or three elevator uh, talks in a day. We do b a book talk a month, uh, and um, the older grades, I teach them how to write book reviews, and maybe they do two or three a year. Uh, it should not be punishment. <laughs> You're going to have uh, you're going to punish the child who reads a lot if you have an activity for every uh, book. But, you know, I believe in authenticity, Evan. Ask yourself, every book do I read? Do I do a project? You would stop reading if you had to do that. We read because we want to learn more about something, because a topic is in enjoyable, or we love an author, or we love mysteries and biographies. Well, I'm going to add my secret confessional here, Laura, and say that, you know, when I read a book, I actually like finding a shoebox and making a little diorama. Evan, <laughs> that's ridiculous. You don't, you don't believe that one, do you? No, I don't believe that one. <laughs> okay. You know, so let's, let's kind of recap a little bit here, because this is really profound, and you've shared a lot of really great information. What you're talking about when you're saying... A, reader, a reading toolkit for teachers and three basic elements for a language arts classroom of an interactive read aloud, 
instructional reading and independent reading is a student can have exposure to three different text opportunities in any given day during a language arts class. What they hear through the interactive read aloud, what they experience during the very specific skill-based, strategic-based instructional reading, and what they enjoy through the independent reading, which is focused on books that they can read uh, and read well and, and thoroughly enjoy. Absolutely. And I hear teachers say that, oh, they can't hold all those books in their head. If you're a reader, you can hold five books in your head. Uh, and even the, the students I work with that often are reading far below grade level, they hear a read aloud, they work on instructional texts, and they do independent reading, and I never hear a word of complaint from them. Well, thanks a lot, Lori. You've shared an awful lot of information today, and I've really enjoyed this conversation. And I get it. You know, I know how everything is really exciting to you, but certain things certainly rise to the top. And, and from the information you shared and the excitement and passion that you have towards this topic, I can see why it really is sitting right at the crest of things that you're interested in. So, Laura, thanks for um, connecting with me today for the Rob Review Podcast. We hope everyone who's listened to this podcast has enjoyed it. We will see you next time on the Rob Review Podcast. Thank you, Evan. We hope you enjoyed the Rob Review Podcast. Check out our blogs at therobreviewblog.com and tell a friend. Thanks again, and see you next time.